Best ever listeners, this episode has some noise in the background. It is me typing while I am taking notes. My bad. Apologize for that. We fixed it. It happened in 40 episodes, and then we resolved the issue. Too many, I know, but sorry. It's over with. We resolved it. I hope you can power through it and listen to the good stuff that the guest has to say. Working with people who want to be first in their industry, who want to be earlier adopters of these technologies and these deployments in these real-world existing regulatory use cases, that there's added benefits right up front as far as security and risk costs. Best ever listeners, I'm so excited to share today's sponsor with you. It's Eastern Union Funding and Arbor Realty Trust. If you're in the multifamily space, you likely recognize these names, but have you used them? Uh, I'm guessing if you haven't, then you probably know someone who has. I can tell you personally, we have used uh, Mark Belsky. He is a point person at Eastern Union Funding as a partner with us, and he has helped us secure debt uh, for actually a deal we closed on this month. And we've worked with him. Um, in addition, my clients, my program, my consulting program have worked with him to successfully close on deals. Uh, when we were starting out, Ashcroft was starting out, we had somewhat of a track record. But we weren't fully as established with our investor network. I went to him and we secured some equity, $500,000 in equity to fund one of our deals. While he works with more institutional partners, you know, he's brought $200 million in equity over the last 12 months. He was able to help us out there and we've built a relationship with him and Eastern Union Funding ever since. So if you need equity for your deal and you have a track record, then he's your point person. His number is 212-897-9875. If you need debt, then he partners up with Arbor on a lot of transactions. So if you're a multifamily borrower who wants agency or bridge debt, then that's the team to work with. Uh, we have worked with their team, both Eastern Union and Arbor, on deals and People who have purchased our deals, purchased deals from us, have used Arbor, as well as my clients in my consulting program, they've used it. So this is a recommendation that comes from firsthand experience. And the last thing I'll say about uh, working with Mark Belsky at Eastern Union is that if you need a loan guarantor but don't have that track record quite yet, then Mark can look at what you've the deal you've got and assuming it checks out, he can make introductions to people he knows as potential loan guarantors for your deal. So debt, equity, and potentially loan guarantors. Uh, all you need, well, you need to find a deal, obviously. Um, but besides that, you know the other main components of the deal they can help you out with. So talk to Mark Belsky. His email is mbelsky at easterneq.com. And his phone number, 212-897-9875. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into... Any of that fluffy stuff with us today, Joe Snyder and Chris Brown from Lannister Holdings. How you two doing? Awesome, man. Thanks for having us on. Great to meet you. Yeah, my pleasure. Nice to have you both on the show and your company, Lannister Holdings. Well, Joe, I know you successfully built and scaled, acquired, merged, and exited multiple companies over the last 15 years, and you initially built your wealth in real estate. 
So why don't we first start talking about your background and your focus, and then that will lead us into Lannister Holdings. Sure, absolutely. So Chris and I both have been real estate investors. Our family has a real estate brokerage in the Phoenix area division as well. So we are intricately linked (laughs) to real estate and real estate investing and have been for a very long time. I initially started my entrepreneurial, professional, adult entrepreneurial career by investing in real estate in 2002. And that went really well until 2006. And then it went kind of badly for a little while. And then it's gone well again. So that's nice. And Chris has been a real estate investor and things. Chris, you want to tell them about yourself a little bit? Yeah, I've also been in real estate investing for many years. Like Joe said, our family, we're brothers, by the way. But like Joe said, our family is deeply involved in real estate investing, selling, brokering, all the normal sort of things that you get into once you get into real estate. I have a background in programming and mathematics. So I've spent a lot of years building apps, working as a professional software developer, working as a freelancer, building our own software development company and expanding that. So those experiences brought us to form Lannister Holdings. And Lannister Holdings is a blockchain development company based out of Phoenix, Arizona. We are publicly traded. So we're traded on the US OTC market under the ticker symbol NBDR, Nancy Bravo Delta Roberts. So what we put together was this internal focus on the syndication and packaging and existing legal structures for syndicated real estate investments, as well as we have Lannister Development is a subsidiary and Lannister Development is focused on building software and technologies, decentralized systems, and that's really Chris's world for our client facing division. So we are working on use cases and working with prospects and clients across many verticals, not just real estate, not just finance. But our internal focus is building out the tools and the technologies to run existing syndication legal frameworks and methods on blockchain using smart contracts, using token use cases, all of those kind of things with folks just like you who are doing syndication, who are bringing people together to make group real estate investments. One of the specific things that we're working on and talking with different interested parties and partners on is master limited partnerships in the state of Arizona specifically, which is where we're based, but master limited partnerships and structures like that where you have a kind of illiquid pool and where we believe that blockchain technology and smart contracts and token use cases can come in and reduce costs and reduce risk and add liquidity to these existing structures of investment. I heard everything you said and I wrote down a lot of it, but I still think, what? (laughs) (laughs) So dumb it down for me. Like you're speaking to a two-year-old right now. I'll let Chris do some tech piece, but let me just say Well, I don't need a tech piece. I just need a two-year-old speak. (laughs) So I'm in real estate. I'm an apartment syndicator. What do you do exactly that can help me out? So you're an apartment syndicator. So you have a traditional method and a traditional legal framework that you are bringing people into, and they are combining these in order to acquire whatever blocks of apartments and blocks of real estate that you're currently acquiring, right? I have groups of accredited investors I work with and we buy a property, correct? So our technologies allow that process and that transaction to be digitally contracted, digitally secured, and allow the ownership of those 
pieces of those assets to be tokenized on a crypto token so that your investors have an added layer of transparency and security. They also have reduced cost from all of the transaction points being digital as opposed to paper or pen or things like that. And then on the other side of that transaction, there is liquidity for the investment between the parties through the tokenization. So it can go down to heirs and be split. It can be transferred to other parties. So there's a whole layer of operations and systems and contractual risk mitigation and cost reduction that can happen by doing that exact same process that you're doing with the same legal structures and the same rules and filings that you're currently doing, but on a decentralized system with technology as opposed to the traditional system. Thank you. That's helpful. I don't think a two-year-old would get that, but I got that one. So I appreciate you taking it down a level for me. So let me just restate some of what I heard and then we'll build up from there. What you're doing now, it would allow a apartment syndication group to do what we do, but do it digitally and you're suggesting that it would be more secured and also it would allow the ownership to the people who own it to then have liquidity through the tokenization of it and then they could transfer some or all of their ownership to other people through that process. Is that accurate? Yes, that's correct. And there are, depending on jurisdictions, and there are some legal questions about which of those exact structures you're using, but essentially, yes, absolutely. So why would I want to do that? As someone who puts the deals together, why would I want to do that? Why would I want to change what I'm doing now? Let me have Chris step in there a little bit and talk about why there's a technological difference between what you're doing now and how there's cost mitigation. And then we can talk a little bit more about from the syndicator side of how that looks. Chris? Well, I guess the real question is, what are the problems that you face as a syndicator? Now, when I'm thinking about this from a technical perspective, I'm thinking about who's trying to purchase a piece of this and who's managing the piece of this that they're purchasing and who is selling these pieces. The digitization in the middle of there allows for facilitation of the trading part of that, really, and saying that what is a piece of ownership? How do we track a piece of ownership? How large or small does that have to be? How quickly can we transact that? And how can we maintain that we know who the owners are when they bought it, all the chain of title and everything else that happens inside of it? Does that necessarily make your life as the person putting the package together easier? I believe so. I think it adds cost effectiveness of being able to know what the smart contracts are and initiate them at any point with any set amount of buyers or anything else. Now, you already have those contracts. You do them in paper. You have to do them on paper with all these people and then go and, I imagine, file them and do all the other steps in the process, which each step costs money. The digitization here removes a lot of those intermediary pieces or automates those intermediary pieces, which lends strength to the process itself, right? It's saying this is no longer hands of people, but we're going between digitized smart contracts that says if, if this many people put the money in, we go out and we release the money to the manager to buy X property. That's the technical working of it and how we see it as real estate investors and as people who also have experience with and inside knowledge on how these technologies work and integrate and disrupt systems. We as a company have a core belief that 
blockchain, decentralized ledger, token use cases are the core basis for the future of financial transactions and transactability. So not only is there the risk mitigation, some liquidity factors, all of those pieces, but also there's the potential to be first in these spaces and to be some of the first people deploying these things in this way. It does add the potential of accessing larger scales of capital than the existing syndications as well. Obviously, we're building these tools for existing businesses and existing syndication groups, just like development, building blockchain tools for existing companies in manufacturing and logistics and infrastructure, insuretech. So we believe that working with people who want to be first in their industry, who want to be earlier adopters of these technologies and these deployments in these real world existing regulatory use cases, that there's added benefits right up front as far as security and risk and cost, but also that there's long-term added benefits of being the people who do it this way from the beginning. And then there's, of course, the potential of compiling and owning swaths of intellectual property around those processes because most of this space is very, very new. Okay. And I think maybe we can do an example that's not syndication for real estate that might simplify some things. Because in my mind, you talk about being a first mover. Hell no, I don't want to be a first mover in this. Like I'm dealing with millions of my investor dollars, and I do not want to be on the cutting edge of this. I want to be safely in the middle if I do it. <laughs> I definitely don't want to be the beginning. And before we go into the example, like a more simplified example, help me understand, you mentioned security of system, but then you also talk about being a first mover. And to me, those are going against each other because if well, my belief first, is... If- first of all, when I say early, there's a difference between first move and early adopter. Blockchain is being integrated into everything that you're currently using. IBM's integrating it. JP Morgan Chase is integrating it. Walmart's integrating it. So this is the future of financial transaction technology. We believe that. We have built our public companies established on that fact. When we're saying early adopter, there's a difference between an early adopter and a first mover. An early adopter is somebody who's looking at existing technologies that have over a decade of proof behind them that are being deployed by the world's largest corporations and governments every single day for similar use cases and saying, I want to use those tools for these verticals as well. And that's the conversation that we're having with multiple markets, not just real estate, across the spectrum of all of the businesses scaled business that has all of these contract points, all of these interaction points, all of these verification points. And blockchain allows a supply chain to be inspected transparently, securely, and quickly in a way that has never been possible before. And you providing that early adoption, and not necessarily you, there's lots and lots of syndication going on out there. There's lots and lots and lots of this kind of work being done. And that's an adventure for us, which we love. But the people who are using these tools and deploying these things in the real world are having, an, in our belief, in our experience with the market, are having a additional value point to present to their investors, to present to their syndicators, and then additional capital pool from the existing pools, from the existing pools of 
capital that is out in the crypto token and cryptocurrency markets as well, which is not necessarily being as tapped. And we're not really a crypto company. Mm -hmm. Do we know how to build those tools? Absolutely. Do we work with companies that do those things? Absolutely. But we're not really a crypto company. We believe that the decentralized ledger technology, that the security and the transparency and everything that comes along with that as a core technology is the future of how business operates, how financial contracts get transacted, how mortgages get transacted, how they get packaged and sold and securitized, all of those kind of things are the pieces that we are looking at disrupting and impacting. And it's not a first mover, but we believe it is still an early adopter phase, and that's a positive thing for us. We believe that that's a, a win, not an expense. And I appreciate you elaborating on this, and I've got friends in the space, and I highly respect them, and they talk about how the importance of blockchain and it will be to the real estate industry and how it lends itself to real estate in particular. So I'm just looking to be educated on this. So I appreciate you talking through some of these questions. And I'm just asking them as I'm just thinking of them. You mentioned the security of the system being greater than what the traditional method. How is it more secure if it is in the first mover stage? Again, just to clarify, it's not in the first mover stage. Okay. Um, for, what, early adopter? What, what do I want to say? Early, early adopter. adopter? Okay, got it. Early adopter. Yeah. How is it more so, secure if it's an early adopter stage? Sure. Chris, you want to talk about the security side? In general, we're talking about cryptographically secured distributed ledgers. So you have consensus among multiple peers who all are interested parties in generally for the benefit of the system itself. Doing things like that, if you have, let's say, four banks that want to work together, four primary banks in a country or something, each of those banks can become part of the same system, become part of the consensus network saying whether a transaction is valid or not. And then between those four banks, they now have a verifiable, up-to-date, almost real-time ledger of all the transactions that they need to track. So you could apply that to credit, or here you could apply it to real estate and the division of the packaged assets inside the system, where you have a certain number of actors working together to create a consensus about whether or not a transaction took place, whether or not somebody sold or bought or was paid their dividend or anything else. So once you have that piece, then you have a layer of security against fraud or corruption inside the, that system or that market itself. And if we look at what these contracts are and what these pieces are here, we're talking about basically creating slivers of securities and knowing where those securities exist, who owns them, who's running them, who's keeping them is very important. It's the whole point of regulation and registration and everything else. So we're moving those to a place where we know what has happened because the ledger is only secure and only continues when the previous transactions are verifiable. So every transaction is verified by a unique ID from the chain of the previous transactions. I'm sorry if that doesn't entirely make sense on its own, but essentially a transaction can only occur if every transaction before it in line is the correct transaction. So if you tamper with a previous transaction, the rest of the transaction IDs are no longer valid. So we can no longer trust that chain of events, which means you can't go back and tamper with any certain piece or else that transaction itself wouldn't be valid. Sure. Okay. Makes sense. So as a real estate investor who is listening to this and they would like to learn more about this, how can they take 
the blockchain technology and actually apply it in their everyday scenario to do transactions? Call us. <laughs> <laughs> Our sales teams are ready to talk to you now. <laughs> I think speaking from the side of real estate investors, I think these tools are really just starting to get built and starting to spin up. You're going to see a lot of really interesting sort of crowdfunded real estate ventures that allow investors to come into deal sizes and at prices that they've never seen before. It's very unlikely that I can go with $10,000 to a fund that's buying $50 million worth of apartments and even get inside the door to talk to their sales team. But as these technologies come forward, you're going to see a change in the way that securities are handled because we're going to be seeing a world where you can create your own market for anything you want at any time and have it be verifiable and secured by a larger group of people, especially in these large public blockchains that are currently available and the ones that we're going to see in the future for handling these sorts of markets and these sorts of financial assets. So at the moment, and ask for a real estate investor to have a daily impact in their life, just to know that these tools are coming. And as they do, you have to watch out for what's real and what's solid and what's well done and what has a great team behind it and what does not. And when you find those things that have great teams behind them and they're awesome technology and they're really allowing a new level and a new type of investing in any sort of asset, not necessarily just real estate, but imagine I could open up a fund to buy a wind turbine and 200,000 people could buy pieces of it. It becomes a point where you're automating the internal pieces of what it is to be a market and what it is to pay dividends and what it is to do all those things that you stop caring how many people are involved in the vehicle itself. So that's really going to be a focus point, I think, from my point of view, as also as an investor, also as someone who's currently actively buying property, it's something very interesting that's coming on a very short time horizon. So it's something to watch out for. And additionally, Joe, for folks who are doing syndication or who are structuring master limited partnerships or who are bringing together groups of investors to do this stuff already, those folks... We definitely can help and talk to and review the use cases and where their jurisdictions are and things like that. Specifically in the state of Arizona, Arizona is a very blockchain-friendly state from a legislative standpoint. That's one of the reasons that we're based there. So Arizona has a blockchain sandbox at the state level that does allow us to work with the state, deploy these technologies in real-world use cases for financial instruments, and for up to two years, for up to 10,000 people before the full regulatory processes are required and things like that. So depending on where investment groups are or where people are, there are some differences in what can and can't be done right now as far as the registrations and the rule of law. But we are actively speaking to different investment groups and different syndicators about their particular deals and how to deploy those via uh, blockchain via smart contracts with token use cases as opposed to the traditional paper models. So those are active. And if there are people out there that are listening to this that are interested in knowing more about that or talking with anybody, you can reach us at LannisterDevelopment.com and our contact form is on there or at LannisterNBDR on Twitter for sure. Awesome. Well, I was going to ask you how the best ever listeners can get a hold of you, but you just mentioned it. Thank you so much for being on the show and talking about your technology for educating me about how from high level how the process works i'm sure we could have a conversation for days on end without breaks about the technology and i'm sure chris would be in his own personal nirvana if that were to take place 
So I appreciate you two coming on and, and talking to us about this. And I hope you two have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Thank you. Have a good one. Do you need debt for your deal, equity for your deal, or maybe a loan guarantor to help you get qualified for the financing? Talk to Mark Belsky. His number is 212-897-9875. That's 212-897-9875. His email is mbelsky at Eastern. EQ.com. The Target Market Insights Podcast is just that, a show solely dedicated to help you learn about target markets through the people successfully shaping them. The show features professionals who work directly with the audience and market you want to connect with in real estate. Listen and subscribe today at TargetMarketInsights.com. That's TargetMarketInsights.com.